You're listening to Portfolio Builders, a wealth cap holdings podcast about long-term wealth building and financial independence. Here are your hosts, Chris Evans and Taylor Welch. Hey, hey, Taylor Welch here. I hope you are well. I want to talk about something that has been coming up more and more as we scale our holdings. So wealth cap holdings, we are... Um, we are buying for ourselves, just me and Chris, the uh, the founders. We're buying 20 to 25 single family properties per month, throwing them into our management. And uh, we're, we're growing our asset base every year. And we're also, you know, we make that available to clients. But as we grow, one of the things that has come up and I want to just talk about for a minute is the case for single family real estate is people say, Taylor, why? Um, why are you in single family real estate? Grant Cardone is in multifamily and you know, all the, there, there's these people preaching storage and blah, blah, blah. And what I want to bring them back to is it's all real estate. Like there are different slices of real estate that you can get into and they all offer different pros and cons. There's nothing wrong with multifamily. Multifamily offers amazing pros, amazing benefits. It's also some cons, some downsides that you need to hedge against. Single family, some amazing benefits. It's also got some downsides you have to protect against storage. Storage is one of the fastest growing commercial real estate options that you can get into. And it's got some great upsides, but it's also got a little some downside that you want to hedge against. There, You're never going to get away from this idea of risk. And the way I think about risk is if, you, if you're trying to get to 0% risk, then you're, you're going to lose because you're not growing. But if you don't mitigate or protect against your risk, the chances of loss then you're going to get eaten alive. So let me give you just, I'm going to compare and contrast based on my experience, which is extensive, by the way. People sometimes know me from the marketing world, but I started in real estate. Me and my partners, we managed over 4,000 single family properties. And um, we did a really good job at it. And I worked at a great firm that became quite large. And this was my experience before marketing. So before I was a marketer, before I was a copywriter, before I got into the sales, before we built our info businesses, I was in the real estate game, boots on the grounds, purchasing real estate and managing real estate and signing tenants to leases and all of the things that go into making a real estate portfolio profitable. So I didn't learn this in a book. I didn't learn it from a podcast. I was in the game. And I want to re- reiterate that to you because a lot of times you've got these gurus coming up on the scenes. It's like, hey, look, they figured out how to flip one multifamily deal and they think that, you know, they're, they're an expert in real estate. Well, me and Chris, we bring like a level of seniority and history that cannot be overlooked. So anyways, here's, here's the deal. Um, what you saw with COVID, a pandemic, a once in a lifetime ordeal, what you saw is you saw a scattering of the metropolitan areas, the people ran to the suburbs because think about it. If there's a pandemic, you don't want to be stuck on a 12 level, um, you know, 300 unit multifamily complex with a bunch of other people. It's kind of like uh, people perceive safety in the suburbs. So that check mark that served us quite well because our single family residential properties in the suburbs blew up. People were uh, vacating the cities. They were getting out. They were not renewing their multifamily leases and they were getting into houses. 
Okay. So here's, here's some of the benefits of single family. And I'll go through the benefits of multifamily. We'll go through the benefits of all of, all of the other things. A benefit of single family is you're going to have typically a, a slower curve in events. Single family is usually not going to double in value in three months and it's not going to have its value cut in half in three months either. Because the value of single family is based on the neighborhoods, the supply demand chain, uh, the comps, all of the things that, you know, you've traditionally learned that you probably own a house right now and your house is slowly growing in value. And if it loses value, it's slowly losing value. So it's, it's a consistent, more controllable. The lead time is a lot longer with single family for you to either get out, rebalance your portfolio, sell it off and get into a new neighborhood, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Now, Every once in a while, every 60, 70 years, you have a once in a lifetime issue. All right. 2008, that was a once in a lifetime issue where the real estate bubble got so big. And by the way, my friends, let me just remind you that the, the value shrinkage in single family in 2008 had nothing to do with real estate, it had everything to do with the loans. So don't get it confused. There was not necessarily a crash in the value of real estate. There was a bubble in the, Demand for real estate because of loans and the banks mess it all up. That's never going to happen again. Ever. Not for a hundred plus years because no, uh, you'll never see the, the Moody's and the, the different your firms rating junk trash bond loans. They'll never, they'll never come out and try to sell these to investors as prime. They'll never say that this is, that this was a flaw in the ethical system of the banking world, not necessarily a problem with the real estate supply demand actual market. Okay. But that said, what you have is you have an issue with uh, the value of real estate. It just happened in 2008, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. So we're, we're likely not going to see another one of those where the value of single family plummets significantly for a very long time. Um, here's another pro of single family is you can control and, and literally slice and dice your diversification. So your risk profile based on the zip code, the schools that the zip code are in the hospital. So listen, when we go into a city and we start beefing up a portfolio in a city, we don't buy 300 units in the same neighborhood. That's what you call stupid. That's dumb. That's a centralization of your risk profile. What we do is we go in and we say, look, here are the schools, here are the hospitals. We like to follow schools and hospitals. There's like, you know, 12, 15 different zip codes in this city. We go through the suburbs and we split up our holdings along those lines so that we have 12 units in this school system and 15 in this school system. We've got a cluster of 13 around this hospital because we're going to get the, the benefits of renters who are in town for a year, you know, in, in a residency or finishing out a mentorship or they're here to build a certain wing of a hospital. So we're able to actually spread out our risk along the entire zip code network of the city. When, when you get into multifamily, you often don't have a choice unless you're going to say, I'm going to buy a hundred unit complex here. I'm also going to try to buy a hundred unit complex over here. Multifamily is very centralized. And so there are some benefits to that when you get into lending and the big benefits of multifamily are really, you can, you can really force the appreciation. We'll get into that in a second, but the the benefit of single family is I can control my risk profile down to about 11, 1200 square feet. 
this is significant because even when you get into storage, you're getting into like, okay, 50,000 square feet. Well, you can't control the risk profile there because it's all 50,000 square feet or clustered up against each other. Same with multifamily. But if you can control your risk profile down to a thousand square feet, uh, you can get safe and almost bulletproof, almost bulletproof. So 2020, we collected, you know, 90% of our rent. We had, um, less than 10% vacancy. All of the, all of the things that we boast about, we talk about, we actually executed in 2020, 2019. We bought $400,000 in real estate. 2020, we bought $20 million in real estate. This year, we'll buy $50 million in real estate, all single family, okay? I'm not concerned about single family getting crashed. I'm not concerned about it. Am I concerned about our risk profile, losing money? Yes. What I'm most concerned about is the job growth and the population growth of a city because there's no benefit. There's no level of safety that multifamily has over single family. What you need to look at, it's real estate versus real estate. It's going to provide very similar incubation in terms of market value and appreciation. What I'm concerned about is job growth and population growth. So I don't care how good the deal is. If the deal is in some city where they the, the job growth has stabled out and it was a 0% job growth in 2020 and the population growth is stabled out, I'm not investing into that city. I don't give a, I don't care how good the deal is because the location's bad. There's not enough people moving into the city. The demand is not there. Does that make sense? It's like if the deal is storage, multi, single family, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll take the deal if it's in a if it's in a city like Charlotte, North Carolina, where the job growth is two and a half percent annualized over the last eight years, and it's got one of the fastest growing populations in the country. And the appreciation of our single family homes last year was nine nine and a half, I think nine and a half percent. That's insane on single family. So here's the deal: it's more about the city and the location. Then I, this is my personal risk profile. It's my, my philosophy. It's more about the city and the location than it is about actually the type of real estate it is. However, you can control even diversification citywide with single family a lot better than you can with multifamily. Now, here's some benefits of multifamily. Multifamily, you're able to buy it. Let's say you buy a multifamily deal for 10 million. You're able to within six months, seven months, you're able to force the appreciation of that multifamily. You can double. The value, because the value of single family is based on the neighborhood, the um, the comps, the land underneath it. The value of multifamily is based on the net operating income. Okay, it's the net operating income. It's how much it's you value a multifamily building the same way, similar to how you would value a business. So a business makes more money; it's valued higher. A business has higher profit; it's valued higher. So the NOI is basically the profit of what you would call the profit of a business. Okay. It's, it's all your rent minus all your expenses, all your income minus expenses, your net. And you can go into a multifamily building, you buy it, let's say it's 50% occupied. You can update the rooms. You can put new uh, appliances in, you can put new paint in, you can fix the, the landscaping of the property. You can improve the marketing of the property. You can do uh, special deals to get in. You can take that occupancy from 50% to 90% and the value of that property will double. Because they are value, valuing the property based on the income, not based on the comps or the area or the, the actual prop, the, the real estate underneath it. Does that make sense? So like you can control the value. Now here's the downside of that. What can go up very quickly can also go down very quickly. This is the game. This is part of the pros and cons you got to look through. If you can double the value of a multifamily complex in six months, you can also lose the value in six months because if some, Shit storm happens, COVID-19 happens, or let's say you get a multifamily and, um, 
you know, Memphis, Tennessee, the, the number one job source in Memphis is uh, FedEx, or you go into a city that's a little bit more rural and it's, it's Walmart or something like that. And that, let's say Walmart decides to leave or FedEx decides to lay off a bunch of people, then you've got a hundred unit multifamily complex and 50% of the people who had a job no longer have a job. They vacate, they go back home to wherever they came from. And that value of that property will get cut in half because you couldn't keep the occupancy up. All right. So there's, there's benefits and there's a risk to it. There's an upside. There's a downside. Here's another downside, in my opinion, of multifamily is you are much more limited in how you spread out the risk. So, you know, when, when, when you buy a hundred units clustered up next to each other or 50 units clustered up next to each other in one building, one roof, it's a lot harder for you to decentralize the risk. Now, that's also a benefit because when you look at multifamily, it's so easy to get into because uh, a bank will write you one loan. All right. Even though there's a hundred units, there's 50 units, whatever. It's one loan, one insurance policy. You can build in the cost of property management into the actual complex. Okay. There's a lot of benefits that come along with doing bigger deals if you know how to mitigate against them. So if you're like, man, I'm just getting into real estate. I would, I would say maybe either get into single family first or partner with someone who's really, really good at multifamily and give them half of the deal. You bring the money, you give them half the deal, something like that, because you do not want to, you do not want to incur a stupid tax, a stupidity tax, because you think you know what you're doing and you don't. And so you get into a multifamily deal and then the value loses and you dry up your money. All right. This is why syndications are oftentimes if you're just like, I just want to go big. I don't really care about controlling it. I don't, I don't care that much. I just want to put a, put my money to use. I got $7 million. You can get into a syndication deal, own a decent percentage of that deal and you get into multifamily very easily. Or you, know, you can partner in with somebody like us with single family. And by the way, the one loan thing, people are like, I don't want to do single family because it's one door, one roof, one loan. That's not true. Not, not a hundred percent. We have, we buy 30, 40 houses a month and every, all of it is, is one loan. All right. We don't do, you know, 30 loans. We don't do 40 loans. So you can, you can workshop this in a way that you get all the benefits of single family, but you get the, the ease of use of multifamily. It's just a learning curve that you got to go through. And usually you're going to want a partnership. Now, um, storage, storage is like amazing. It's one of the fastest growing things. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville is according to, I think there was a study that U-Haul did a couple months ago that Tennessee was the number one destination for one way U-Haul booking trips. That, that means a lot of people are moving to Tennessee, Nashville, Knoxville, Chattanooga. There's a lot of, a lot of city, three or four big cities in Nashville, in, in Tennessee that are really growing. Okay. Well, when people move into a city, a lot of times they're moving into a multifamily first and they're storing their stuff. Okay. So storage and multi can, can benefit each other. Well, that's one of the great ways to improve occupancy of a multifamily complex is if you can buy the multifamily unit and you can have a storage unit sort of close to each other, then you can bundle in free storage for the first year. That's attractive to new renters. There's a lot of creative things you can do, but storage is is one of those things where it's like the the maintenance is almost zero. There's very low overhead. You can go in and small smart systems into into a storage facility. And people people think that they're going to use storage for one year. All right, I'm going to book this for one year. But then 10 years goes by and they still have that old stuff in that storage facility and they just leave it. So it's one of those things where it's like very low maintenance. It's low cost, low overhead for them, lower overhead for you. And the value of storage is also based on the NOI of the property. So we'll be getting into storage very soon, probably in the next six to 10 months, probably in a high demand city. Now, where we invest for single family is the opposite of where we invest for storage. 
Where we invest for single family are the suburbs and the places where the cost of asset is lower, but the rent rate is still high enough to make it worth it. It, I think I looked at, I did a training with someone on San Francisco. The average price of a property single family in San Francisco is $1.6 million. This is in 2020. The average rent in San Francisco is $2,900. That is a horrible deal. That is horrible economics. You, you never want to invest for rental income in San Francisco. Okay. So we're not going to, we don't invest for single family in Nashville or San Francisco or Austin, Texas or Seattle, Washington, Washington, DC, like Minneapolis. These places are not great for your single family uh, rental portfolio. Your yield curve is too low. However, if you're going to get into storage, it's commercial. We want to invest in those cities, Seattle, Washington, Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Washington, DC, all of your fast growing cities where the demand for new property is really high. That's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck on storage. Uh, parts of Minneapolis, parts of Florida, Miami, like there are these fast growing cities where the cost of living is high and therefore you, people can easily justify, you know, $120 a month for a storage unit and get a smaller apartment, a smaller house, whatever. So anyways, storage is a great thing for, uh, you to be interested in as well. The risks of storage is, same thing as multifamily. It's a, it's a, it's a net NOI based valuation. Uh, usually you're having 50,000 square feet, 100,000 square feet, 25,000 square feet, depending on the size, all kind of in the same area. Now I would rate these. If I had to rate, I'm going to give you my opinion. This is my opinion only based on my experience in real estate. If I could rate where I would go, what I would get into the, the improper order, it would be. Single family, small storage, small multi, big multi. Okay. Single family to start and you want to do it the right way. Don't come at me with like, Oh, what is too much work? No, just because you haven't learned how to make it efficient doesn't mean that single family is too much work. Don't, I'm tired of people coming to me with like, well, one, one roof, one loan. You just haven't built the relationships necessary. And if you need help, reach out to us. We can help you with this. There's called commercial lending. It's awesome. Look it up. Commercial lending. You can do 25 houses on one loan. Portfolio loan is what people call them. I would get started in single family. I would upgrade from that into small multifamily. Keep your single families. Don't try to 1030 into something else. Keep them. Then small multifamily, quadplex, six unit, duplex, things that are small and controllable. Okay. And then I would go into storage. I think storage is the next best thing. All right. Some people start with storage. There's nothing wrong with that. And then uh, bigger multifamily. I think big multifamily is the, the biggest bubble in the country right now. Everybody wants to get into multifamily. It's been juiced up. It's hot. Listen, you have so much risk in uh, certain hot spots when there's a bubble. And multi's kind of in this in this little bubble, in my opinion, right now. Now, we have multi. We get into multi. It's not that we don't play around with multi. It's just that I don't want to build this the main chunk of our net worth over the long haul on something that could be easily disrupted uh, through a metro affecting job loss, a pandemic, or whatever. Anyways, these are my thoughts. Not to push you for or against any one thing or the other, uh, but you do want to be diligent as an investor to compare the, the risk profile, compare the upside. There's such incredible upside with multifamily that people are really drawn to it because it's sexy and it's hot, but you got to beware and, and honor the downside. There's not as much upside on single family. That's why people kind of don't want to get into it because they're sexy and 
<clears throat> the sexy option and the unsexy option, people will go with sexy, but then they go broke. Okay. So over the long haul, you know, who's, you know, the sexy option is Warren Buffett, right? It took forever, but it was, it was a slow controlled. He'll never lose money ever. He'll, he'll never lose money. And, um, that's kind of where we're at right now. We have several businesses that we want to protect that income. So multifamily is fine. The upside is good. But if you're wanting to really thread the needle, I would say do some single family, do some storage, and then go from there. All right. That's all I got for you today. Adios. Thanks for listening. Discover how you can start building wealth with real estate, even without experience in our free book, Why Real Estate and How to Get Started by visiting wealthcapholdings.com slash book. That's wealthcapholdings.com slash book.